Hi everyone, hope you're all keeping safe and well during this time. My name's Nicola Sharkey and I'm the founder of the online organisation Grassroots. At Grassroots, we strongly believe in helping others in any way we can in order for them to reach their full potential. In series two of the podcast, we talk about coronavirus and the personal stories in between the big headlines of how it's affected people's lives differently. In this chat specifically, I recorded it at a time in Scotland when lockdown was at its peak and the number of corona-related deaths was rising. Fortunately, we've moved to phase one in Scotland of lockdown, which means we can finally see up to eight people out with their own household in an outdoor space. Within this chat, I sat down with Drew, who's someone I've known from working together in Costa and Glasgow, and we talk about what it's like to be furloughed and the pressure of being productive during this time. We also talk about what it's like to move back into the family home when having years of your own personal independence. Like many of you, Drew was a student who was working very hard to get to her graduation and not having her final recognition and a ceremony at the end seems like she's kind of missing out on something which I completely understand. The central theme of this podcast is the sad passing of Drew's gran which unfortunately, due to coronavirus guidelines, was not able to have the send-off that she so truly deserved. However, despite the sad and dark time for Drew's family this was, reflect back on the fond memories Drew has of her gran, which captures the true essence of the woman she was. The main line and sentence that Drew captured her gran was, she loved a dram, a fag and a good time. And I want to dedicate this episode to her gran and her family during a sad time. Also to anyone who has lost a family or loved one, related or unrelated to COVID-19. I'll link some charities and organisations that deal with grief and mental health in the show notes and I hope this can be some use to anyone. As always, if you're needing a chat, don't hesitate to get in contact. I hope you take some hope and entertainment out of this chat and send in love to everyone and hope we're all keeping safe. Thank you and I hope you enjoy this episode. Hi. Yes, finally. <laughs> this technology is so temperamental. Oh, uh, no, it's okay. I feel you. Even FaceTime is like a feat for me. <laughs> yeah. So are you are you still studying the now, Drew? No, actually. Um we've all like we've all kind of been like sent home. We haven't been in college for like two weeks. So like we're getting predicted grades now. Oh no. So what are you what what do you think that you're do you know roughly? Well, what this aims for or? well that like our lecturers told us that they can't tell us like they're actually not allowed to tell us what we're predicted because you know that like interferes with the SQA or something that but they are taking it off like previous um work we've done and last year's graded unit and I got an A last year so I'm, right, so I'm hoping <laughs> yeah it'll so, be fine sorry I'm just assuming everyone knows so what is it can you just tell everyone kind of what you're doing at college and the course that you've just completed uh, so I was doing applied art at um, HND level yeah but like this is my third year of it because I started at NC uh, right, so okay. that should be it finished now hopefully <laughs> oh so what are you have you applied for UCAS or um well I did I actually I applied for uni this year and um I got into Brighton and Kent but because of like I know but because of family issues like I now can't go that far so I'm gonna go through clearing and hope that I get into somewhere like a little bit closer okay so but 
if not like i'm not super super impressed about it like is it like is dundee dundee glasgow or is it just it'd probably be glasgow and edinburgh like dundee's like a little bit too far probably right now in terms of like hard to get to by like train and stuff from where my parents live so where is it your parents are based now um, they're in Dumfries, and I'm actually here as well during are quarantine. You? Yeah, that was my next question. So, is there people that are from your course that are still living in? You were living in halls, weren't you? I was in halls last year, but I just right, moved okay. into a flat with um two of my friends. Right. Um, but they're still in in Glasgow in our flat, but I couldn't go back because um I'd come down for my grandma's birthday, but then when um like everything sort of kicked off um I couldn't I couldn't go back home because my flatmate was showing symptoms of uh coronavirus so it was like oh if I go home I'm gonna have to uh quarantine anyway for two weeks so yeah you may as well be with your like with your family at least you've got sort of company rather than being crammed up in your room yeah exactly like in a little Glasgow flat at least down here I can sort of pretend that it's (laughs) relatively normal yeah so how are you how are you finding it being back at home um it, at first it was quite hard just because like it was such a a change and uh, I didn't know what was happening with college work for so long um because the the SQA just hadn't uh, said anything to universities and colleges so like I was That's at home just like hard, stressed <laughs> yeah yeah um, because as well so is your work from this year being counted at all like this term or is yeah it more- Right. Okay. Yeah, they were look at so they looked at our past. Um, like we don't get grades. That's the thing. Like I've we only pass or fail every unit except for the graded unit. So I've passed everything. So you know I don't think I'm going to fail or anything. But yeah, it, it was that sort of fear of well I I hope I hope I've done well. As I, I, I feel really bad like for students as well because for even for people graduating it's such a massive thing. Yeah, and then, I, obviously you work yourself up to kind of like the graduating or completing a course and then you're not really getting that I don't know you're not really like rounding it off sort of thing yeah left. we were supposed to have an end of year show as well um, because it's a practical course so you know it's like a gallery uh, sort of thing yeah because we'd, we'd had a showing just there uh, for one of our projects but, you know, you look forward to your end of year show with your graded unit. That's meant to be, you know, your big final thing. You invite all your friends and your family and they like come to see it. Uh, so we're not getting that uh, because we won't have any work done. And, you know, we can't get into the college. Uh, That's so is there any way that can get postponed or is it just completely written off? It's, like... Yeah, it's completely written off. Our lecturers are looking into like making a book for us, though, of work we've done throughout the year. So like, nice. yeah, like a kind of like Weaver's thing which I thought would be really nice like a physical thing to yeah round it off so I'm quite excited by that yeah it just gives you something like to at least show like because obviously you've got your work but like you said you're not really getting that sort of like your friends and family together to kind of sh- because you, you should be shown off like you, you have worked really hard for like the three years that you've been in college so it's kind of a shame that you're not getting that send off um so my next question is how is lockdown sort of affecting you so everybody's sort of dealing with it in completely different ways like I've seen a few chats um that I've had with people that thought they would be really productive 
and uh, get all the things done that they they didn't have time with before. But now I feel like I'd in a bit of a slump. Yeah, see, I kind of knew that I wasn't going to be productive because just because I I know my I know myself. Yeah, <laughs> like, <laughs> no point in getting on. Yeah, so I was I kind of went into this knowing that okay, realistically, I'm just going to try and you know look out for myself, and if that is productive, that's great. If it's not, I'm trying not to beat myself up and be like angry at myself because no one's experienced this before. So how are you supposed to be able to predict how? Like you're going to run five k every day, and, you know, right. get loads of work yeah. done. Like you can't uh, predict that you know, how you're going to feel like three weeks into doing nothing. That's good attitude to have as well. Like to to not get frustrated with yourself when you haven't achieved all these things. I think like more and more, if anything's sort of getting completed, it's kind of a good thing because at least in some way you are being productive. But one thing I have been trying to do is keep some sort of routine. Yeah, like I like I I knew for my mental health, like I would need to try and involve some sort of routine, whether that was just like, you know, getting up and like having breakfast every day and then like going for a walk. So like me and my mom, because I'm home, well, like she gets up in the morning to do work because I live in a house with three essential workers. So I'm the only only one doing nothing. Can you just tell everyone? if it's okay roughly what your parents do because I remember like me and Drew used to work together in Costa and I remember you telling me about your parents and I was like they are that is the coolest thing like they just sound like the coolest people <laughs> even though I've never seen them I don't even think I've seen a photo I'm just imagining these like really cool quirky parents uh, they, they, they are a bit mad I will say that yeah um, <laughs> yeah so my mum's a, a primary school teacher so she teaches primary seven so she's okay. still you know, having to do uh, all this coursework and like trying to, you know, connect with the kids online and send out work they can do with their family and things. Um, but she's really just trying to make sure like everyone's okay. But you know, that involves, yeah. you know, she's constantly on um, like Zoom calls with other teachers and like it's a lot of extra work as well. Because yeah. obviously, a lot of like the job with teaching is sort of. Even silly things like if a kid's sort of feeling a bit down, it, it, obviously you, you don't have that connection, physical connection with the kids. So I can imagine it being really straining to not have that yeah. reassurance even, like motivate, like to motivate them, do you know what I mean? Like really hard to get kids <laughs> motivated through like Zoom calls or... Yeah, like that's her main kind of concern at the moment is making sure like, you know, all the kids are doing all right and like family life is, you know, going okay and they're not getting... um to beating up about things Um, yeah so but I mean I think it's I think it's going okay I think she's lucky in terms of it's primary seven so they are a bit more independent than like you know primary two so they will go online and they will just like you know chat to each other in in this chat room yeah yeah Yeah. um and what is it your dad does uh he's a scientist (laughs) of some variety um yeah, uh, his um, like his study, the room he's uh, doing all his work from is right next to my bedroom. So I just hear him on all these important calls all day, every day, and I'm like, I have no idea what is going on. <laughs> Literally a new language. So is he working on sort of COVID issues, or is it something completely different? I think it's like his under the work. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. I know what he was doing previously was like something to do with renewable energy whenever I ask it's always like oh you'll find it boring <laughs> like, well, 
<laughs> Maybe I should know. Tiny out, come on. <laughs> yeah, it'd make it sound far more exciting than it is if you just don't tell me. Yeah. Um, That's so cool. Yeah. So how are you finding that then? Like, I'm I'm still working at the moment. Um, so at least I've got that sort of, stru- do you know what I mean? Like, I'm a structure to my day. Um, but I had two weeks off just at the start of lockdown. Um, and then I'm working like four days a week. Um, Liam, he is for a load, but um, I, th- I, th- I think I would struggle a bit more if I wasn't working. Yeah, it's it's kind of difficult in terms of you do now have like all the time in the world to do whatever you want, and all you want to do is kind of just uh, nothing, <laughs> absolutely <Yeah>. nothing. <laughs> um, like I've been making loads of tray bakes, like so, and just dropping them off, you know, outside people's I houses. Was- wish I, I i could like I, I got on that bandwagon i just can't find the time like not even the time that is ridiculous for me to even say that but i cannot find the energy to bake oh if you had and nothing else to would... do in your day you would <laughs> you would <laughs> <laughs> there's when there's nothing else to do you're like well I'll just crack on that's 20 minutes of my day gone good <laughs> like... i know it is it's like trying to find activities because even when i'm off i'm like right what's the activities I can do but see to be honest with you as soon as I'm off I just want to wind oh yeah (laughs) nothing's changed absolutely nothing's changed for me there like I'm like yeah crack open the wind see being like furloughed though it's when when do you start drinking you know it's 2 p.m and you're like oh (laughs) (laughs) that's what honestly I see see at the end of this week I was like I think I do I have a problem like <laughs> yeah because it was literally getting to like two and I was like you I think the sunny weather as well see when it's sunny weather you just want to have a, a beer or a cider and sit out in the garden like that's just I, I love sitting outside and drinking yeah it's one of my favorite I've, things ever I've taken up uh, like making cocktails as well just like out of boredom so <laughs> like I really feel like I'm feeling the sorts of uh, alcoholism and uh, pretending it's artsy you know <laughs> like yeah I'm like it's pretty so it doesn't like, count sticking it, yeah sticking it in a jar with like a wee umbrella and it's like yeah 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 I'm like I'm being I call this a tequila sunrise and it's like tequila and orange <laughs> juice and I'm like there we go <laughs> that's what I've been doing I had all these grand plans right Liam's absolutely demented I was like right we're gonna do cocktail making so I spent so much on not even alcohol right it was literally like juice like so much on different juices and it was like right okay one one measurement alcohol was a cranberry juice and lemonade and I was like yeah this is like a cranberry fizz I was like no it's just fucking vodka and cranberry juice oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, no I've bought like grenadine and everything I'm like check you you must have been out of fortune oh but I'm not spending money on anything else though because I'm with my parents now like I'm still paying rent um in Glasgow but you know I'm not paying any bills or yeah that's yeah so you know I've just been buying my own food here and then I'm like "Mm, I've got an extra 20 quid (laughs) that ball's only 15 pounds yeah yeah it's fine see if I like because as well that is things that you can keep but I see myself running out of um like bottles a bit more quickly yeah (laughs) like I'm like yeah that'll last me a week uh no I think as well now there's like my parents house has gone from you know just normally my mum and my dad to four people like, you know it's just stacking up on terms of uh like empty bottles and the, the glass recycling is you know overflowing <laughs> but 
be prepared. At least, at least you're recycling, though. You're doing your bit. Do you know what I mean? I mean, drink by all means, but at least you're, you're doing the bit for the environment. Yeah, I mean, that's that's the excuse, isn't it? It's like, oh, I'm not drinking uh, water because that comes in plastic bottles. So I'm drinking beer. <laughs> yep, literally. That is that is me as well. And then I've been going um, for quite a few walks. Um, I bought myself a Fitbit. Oh, nice. Yeah, right. And I was like, right, I'm going to get on this hype. Like, I'm going to do my 10,000 steps a day, which I actually have been doing. But then I'm failing to actually eat healthy, so I'm I'm doing like sixteen thousand steps one day, and then I'm basically eating like all the calories that I've burned on a takeaway or pizza, or do you know what I mean? Like it's a bit like well, mm. I think that's fine though, because as long as you're not being like sedentary, you know, it's so hard not to just sit all day. So you know, you're doing exercise, so you are keeping you know joints and everything sort working. Of yeah. So I think you can treat yourself. A little bit. So, is there any sign that you are going back to work? Um, um, because I've seen some classes are doing the drive-through, like. Yeah, so I am still unsure about like what my shop's doing, and obviously I am stuck in Dumfries currently, uh, instead of being in Glasgow. But um, I I think their plan is to kind of do like maybe a delivery service. Uh, There's not really. You know, we're supposed to be finding out today, actually, what's going on. But I know that I'm still furloughed until the 13th, at any rate. And right, there's okay. uh, no pressure to go back to work. Um, that is good, then. Yeah. It gives you a bit of reassurance that you don't have to, like, be rushing back, obviously. Yeah, you know what I mean? like, I... There's, like, so much oh, to yeah. try and work out, um, like, what I'm <laughs> going to do. Yeah. Um, still trying to figure that out before um what the right thing is yeah so you obviously have been down in Dumfries as well like what is the main things that sort of like family wise um I know that obviously you said that you were okay to speak about it if that's all right um yeah yeah that's you mentioned your dad has passed away during the lockdown yeah um so I think it was three weeks into lockdown and three weeks after my um like after her 70th birthday oh, my no. gran had a heart attack and uh passed away in dundee in the hospital i'm so sorry to hear that it's okay it's okay uh you know i from what i've heard and everything uh like you know she died but like the nurses were there and you know she wasn't alone she like got She'd had a heart attack during the night and then called the ambulance, went to hospital and then was fine in hospital, had breakfast, but then just kind of um, like it was, you know, it was too much and she like slipped away. Yeah. Um, But, you know, the nurses were there and, you know, she wasn't alone. So it's in this situation, it's really the best that, you know, could have asked for. Mm -hmm. So, you know, and like the nurses like honestly did such an amazing job um, because we had no idea what happened. Like, not a clue. My mum just got a phone call like so in the morning. So as well, like, God forbid, like, obviously, like, Magan's really not well at the moment as well, but she's got a kind of gradual illness. She's got dementia, but that is just so sudden. Yeah, and I we'd spoken to her, like, the night before. That's crazy. Um, yeah, so it, it really, really just like came out of the blue like totally yeah. out of nowhere um but you know it in some ways like I'm I'm grateful for it like being like that because I I think it is almost harder knowing and people keep saying like oh is there nothing you wish you could have said and I'm like I don't think 
any amount of time you have in the world there'll be something you still forgot to say you know yeah yeah I think so because it's hard to know what to say as well like if you're faced with that sort of obviously I don't know in the past maybe if you've had kind of older relatives die that you've got that last few moments it's like you said there's nothing in the world that's going to comfort you as much you've I think like you've shown your love for that person when they're alive like by phoning them or like like spending time with them that's you've you've said everything you need to say sort of through the actions if that makes any sense yeah no she definitely like definitely knew she was loved um like 100 percent uh, like she had just uh, come down for her birthday, you know, two weeks before, and um, she'd been like talking to her friends and stuff about, you know, how like spoiled she'd been and stuff. And like, you know, Aww. to me, it it didn't even feel like, um, you know, it was it was a big deal because she didn't want a party or anything. She just wanted like a a meal. Yeah. But, you know, she was properly properly chuffed with that. So, you know, I, I she knows how everyone feels. So what was your grand like? Like, what was her name? Sorry. Uh, Elizabeth but she just Elizabeth. went by Liz <laughs> well what a name yeah. so Liz if you don't mind just tell us what Liz was about because um, I absolutely love hearing about um, people's like relatives and, and family and I think like it is so important during these times that was said obviously before this that we'll dedicate this sort of chat to your gran so if, if it's okay if, it's, if it won't make you too upset just maybe talking about what she was like um, and any memories you had with your gran, fond memories? Uh, Liz was absolutely about uh, a fag and a dram, and that was her. Nah. You know? <laughs> I already love this woman so much. <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh no, she was, she was an absolute nut job, but she was great. You know, she had, like, as a child, I was so scared of her because it was. This- <laughs> proper dundee wifey i was Love like that. oh my god who is to have like a proper ori accent like, oh yeah oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> so we you know even um recently my, my gram would she'd be like like oh oh, oh finn like can bend the hoose and my brother's <laughs> like what <laughs> what does that mean or like you know to pick up her baffies or something and finn would be like i do not know what you're trying to tell me right now mm-hmm. i have no idea um Love that. Uh, but she when I moved to Glasgow I was obviously like closer to Dundee mm-hmm. and uh, you know I have prime position as oldest grandchild and the only girl so yeah. <laughs> you know, I'm not saying I was her favorite but like you were her favorite yeah <laughs> so it is there's nothing like a, like a book yeah but especially between you know, you know like it is natural to go but to see that bond that you can have because they're not as strict as your mum and your parents. Oh yeah, no. And my my gran would tell me things, and she'd be like, oh, "Just, just don't, just don't tell your mother." <laughs> like, <laughs> um, she, like she would come down to visit, uh, like come down to see me in Glasgow if she was going uh, down to Dumfries, or you know she would just come down for the day. And uh, she was definitely a creature of habit. So what would normally happen would she'd she'd come down and. Uh, She'd she'd ask if I wanted to eat something, which was you know her way of saying that she wanted to eat something. <laughs> and then uh, she she hated spending money. She hated it, so I would take her to spoons, you know, like and she loved it. The absolute prime land, honestly. Like I don't know about you as well. Like I know that you're you're really into like sustainable 
like you're by sustainable clothes and things like that but they obviously cost a bit more so I'm I'm assuming Liz is very much like my gran that you would have to lie through your teeth about how much your clothing costs oh yeah and she was like a Primark connoisseur you know like she she loved like she she was honestly baffled by how cheap clothing could be and she loved it and I had to just you know grit my teeth and be like this is fine (laughs) this is so fine like your model can accomplish just goes out the window don't you your grand I mean I bought these really like I, I don't really buy quite a lot of expensive things but I bought like these shoes and they must have cost me like hundred pounds but they were like no they were Doc Martens that was it and I had I'm not joking yet I had to tell my grand they were from Primark <laughs> she would have she would have honestly hung on quartered me for spending like 120 pound on shoes so I was like yeah I got them for for 15 pounds at a Primark and I was the world's best granddaughter for a year <laughs> she was like a genius a genius child yeah <laughs> Uh, I was like my gran um, like she would she'd be okay with spending like expensive uh, like spending money on like, expensive things when it came yeah. to shoes and stuff because you know oh, they need to last they need to last you but she would always bring me back uh, flossies which are like knockoff tom kind of things <laughs> when she went on holiday and they must cost like £2.50 a pair or something and she would bring me back like bags of these things because you know she'd brought back a pair once and I was like these are great like they're, you know for summer they're, yeah. they're really comfy and now I have like 20 pairs <laughs> like in different colors because she was like oh well she loves them <laughs> so Bless I'm never her. gonna run out honestly love that she sounds like such a woman so how's your family doing it was it on your mom's side or your dad's side uh, it was it was my mom's side it was my mom's mom uh, okay yeah, it was, she was like the last uh, living grandparent I had. Uh, I didn't know uh, two of my granddads. I had three, but I didn't know two of them. Right, okay. Yeah. Um, and like my, gra- my other granddad and my other grandma died when I was like quite young. You know, I was like maybe uh, 10 and then 14. Uh-huh. Um, so it, it was quite, it was quite hard. Um there's not been a lot of like the grieving process for me because obviously my mom is like distraught by this um and it's it's been quite hard to see her that way like my mom's not a crier you know she doesn't cry yeah but then um during this you know like I've, I've seen her cry a lot which you know is so natural but it has been this kind of switch in you know like relationship in terms of like you know me trying to offer my mom advice when you know I'm I'm 21 <laughs> what do I know no I understand I think as well obviously this is completely at the norm in terms of grieving or losing someone because in a way that obviously we'll go into if it's not too difficult about the funeral and things you always have that sort of family network and you have a drink together and you remember your gran which I'm sure you will do after this but in a way that you've sort of been robbed from that experience of being able to grieve as a family. So in a way, it might not even have hit, hit you yet, I suppose. Yeah, like in there's definitely that kind of immediate sense of loss in terms of, you know, my mum would call my gran every day when she came home from work. You know, she would just give her a call because she would have to drive home, which would be like, you know, a 30 minute drive. So she would, you know, call and just have a chat every day. So you know my mom hasn't been driving home from work so she hasn't had that silent car ride yet 
so you know she's not going to get that till later which I think that's going to be hard um but you know not like not having her even as a you know not even having her send me spam mail on Facebook (laughs) you know is is weird chain Um, mail like you will die if you do not pass this on to 10 10 of your friends or you are so loved if you get back 10 of these angels like you know that kind of garbage um yeah yes or changing her profile picture to like i support whatever oh yeah my gran always done that yeah every time but yeah so it is hard not being able to you know do the the normal things and i haven't been to you know many funerals and i wouldn't say i enjoy funerals but uh, originally, uh, it was going to be hard to even go because our, what we were quoted was five people could go. That is absolutely, honestly, just heartbreaking. Yeah. Um, so when they first said that, it was the situation of, well, my gran has three brothers and two children. So obviously, they will be the people that go. And, you know, yeah. me and my brother kind of, had come to terms with that but then they said 10 people could go so that then left room for me and my brother and then uh one of my like my grand's best friend to also go but when we got there it my my dad also came so it was like my me my dad my brother uh, my mom her brother and then the three uncles and the best friend martha so yeah but you know we all pulled up and obviously I could sit next to my mom my dad and my brother because we we were living together but every you know everyone was in masks and gloves and you know I I couldn't go and like you know hug my grand's best friend and be like I'm so sorry because I I couldn't go near her yeah which was hard and you know like when you write a message to put on the flowers you know you you couldn't share pens and stuff you know it was yeah so strange it's it's as if it's like what I think what a lot of people are missing is that kind of human touch you know like like you said not being able not being even able to share a pen or to console like your your grand's best friend not having that sort of thing is you don't realize how much it's going to impact on your lives until something as extreme as what happened to yourself and your family you go through it and you realize how much you do miss it and need it it's it's a bizarre bizarre time yeah and you do think for you know people you know people like me who like so far haven't really witnessed or had to deal with anyone who's dealing with coronavirus and I was only allowed to go to the funeral because there was 10 people Whereas, you know, some people are having to deal with like far worse situations and it's, it kind of leads you to think, well, if this is this is what my life is doing. And I cannot imagine um, what some other people are having to deal with. And mine doesn't even really involve like COVID at all. Um, but it's, it's, it's the kind of knock on effects of what's happened universally to everyone. It's these sort of stories that we're hearing now. I think actually hi- highlight how serious it's impacted on everyone. Do you know what I mean? It's it, like not being able to go to a funeral. There's been so many weddings cancelled. Don't get me wrong. I think there has been a lot of good that has come out of this time. I think it's gave a lot of time for reflection um, for people. To, do you know what I mean? To sort of realise what is important. But 
it doesn't kind of take away how heartbreaking it is when someone in your family does pass away and you don't have the kind of space to give them what they deserve if that makes any sense yeah in terms of like the funeral and things you know we weren't able to have that you know drink and sandwich yeah afterwards I can almost see how that is like a good thing though because my my gran wanted her uh after party I don't know the word for that she wanted it (laughs) yeah she wanted it at her clubby so to have that straight after a funeral to go to the clubby and have all of her friends there you know it would have been a really sad occasion um yeah which is not what she would have wanted you know, she would want everyone to, you know, be able to have, like, a drink on her and, you know, it would be... Can I toast her life? Yeah. Yeah, she would She would, she would. basically want it to, you know, to be a big piss-up. But, like, <laughs> you know, that's not what it would have been if it had been straight at the funeral. So being able to wait a few months to then have, like, a celebration of her life at the clubby instead, you know, it, everyone's not immediately that's... sad. I think it will feel better to do that. I think, in, in a way... That is that is a beautiful thing, yeah, and a beautiful way to put it. That is, despite obviously the kind of traumatic time that you and your family have been through, having that time again to reflect and to sort of give yourselves space to grieve, you then can kind of have a positive celebration of like everything your grand kind of stood for, I suppose. Yeah, and I mean, if all she stood for was like you know bingo at the clubby <laughs> and like you know having a fag outside. And that's, you know, what people remember for her is just, like, having a laugh. And I, I'd prefer that to people, like, their last memory of her being, you know, this kind of sad event. So, I, yeah, I am, kind of, I am grateful that, it, that that has happened, even if it's happened like this, <laughs> you know. It, but... Yeah, I understand what you're saying. Like, it is, you're going to, the lasting sort of legacy of your gran is going to be, everybody around the table sharing stories having a having a dram as you said maybe a sneaky fag if you're feel, feeling upset <laughs> and just kind of celebrating everything that your grand stood for no that's amazing drew yeah no i'm i i do think that like it is like a really horrible situation but it is that kind of attitude of knowing that if you allow yourself to get caught up and like all the bad stuff about it then you are going to end up like feeling awful and like realistically it probably still hasn't hit me because I'm still trying to yeah. care for like you know my parents and your family yeah because like yeah. you know stepping up as like oldest child to try and <laughs> make sure things are okay <laughs> but yeah it does it like you said it's kind of when something like that happens it's like reversing roles like you said that you're almost kind of there to be that emotional support and guidance for your mum that she's always been for you so in a way I suppose it is you giving back to your parents and like you are such a caring person so just give yourself a lot of credit you'll be doing a lot more for your family than what you realise do you know what I mean even just being there um it is though it's true it's these sort of things that we're doing it get it gets us going do you know what I mean It, it is like when something like this happens and even just being there and you might not even need to say anything physically just being there for your parents I'm sure is really gonna help them 
in the hard times. So I'm wishing your family all the love, love in the world. <laughs> thank, thank you. I'm, I'm sure they'd appreciate that. Mm-hmm. Listen to me thinking I'm gambling. <laughs> so well, honestly, I don't know. Like, it's as if I'm going on this mad spiritual fucking journey. Like, it's just on these podcasts. I'm like, all these deep insights. I'm like, who who do I actually think I'm? <laughs> Need to take a wee step Your back. Wise, wise beyond your years. <laughs> Lord. So, what is what is one of the first things that you're going to do post lockdown? Just announced that we're we're finally free. What is the kind of things that you're missing and really, really up for doing? Oh, I, I would kill, kill <laughs> just to have a pint in the back of someone's garden, honestly. Oh, <laughs> mate, I can't wait. Like, the thought of it, the thought of it, my mouth <laughs> Can you imagine? Like, not even having to stand in a queue, like, I would love to sit in a beer garden, but sitting out the back door and being able to hug your friends drunk. You know that that shit chat, like I love you, like oh, yeah, <laughs> having them heart to hearts out the back door, freezing your tits off. I can't wait. It's like it's my friend's twenty uh, first in June, uh-huh. and you know we're oh, honestly, <laughs> <laughs> I'm actually praying like with my. Chest and we were just gonna have a gap. We're gonna we get were that. just gonna have a gap. So it's like, please, I will do anything to sit in your back garden have a pint and just talk the world of shite like honestly yeah I would love that it's going to be like 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 literally word vomit though you know that when you haven't caught up with your friends even though it's like on video call for the first time and you see each other it's going to be oh that moment I can't wait <laughs> you're just going to just be sprouting absolute shit at each other like but oh it's going to be amazing I know I'm so excited and I think that will be um like another one of like the nice things is about it has been you kind of realize what's more important to you and it, it, it isn't your your work or you know your hobbies as as such it's like your friends and your family you just really really want to be with them really miss them yeah I think again that is one of the like honestly the amount of chats I've had with people now is literally they just don't care about like you said like their job and whatever's great how much you're earning's great and I'm completely aware, like, obviously everyone's experience is different, but just being able to literally go and visit your friends and family when you want, like that, it seems like pure distant memory, doesn't it? Like, being able to just go around to your friends and have even a coffee. Yeah. And- Drew, I would take a coffee. <laughs> yeah. I would take tea. I don't even drink tea. <laughs> oh. But, but a barbary. Oh, you know, yes. <laughs> a barbary, oh, I would kill. It's like being in Dumfries as well. There's so there's like nothing um open, obviously, except for Tesco's. And the town itself is, you know, quite small. But knowing that like my best friends and like my boyfriend <laughs> live like a twenty minute walk away and I can't go oh, no. is because they're all back home as well. Um like one of my f- Oh, are yeah. they? So um, like a few of my friends from Glasgow, like their lease was running out, so they had to move back home. And obviously they can't move anywhere else, so they had to move in with their parents. And um, one of my friends has moved back from London so because she was going to be moving up to Glasgow as well. How crazy is that? Literally people that you've not seen in ages are now 20 minutes away from you because of lockdown. Yeah, and I can't see them. It's nuts oh my god I feel for you um, but they have been dropping off uh beer and like baked goods and stuff 
which oh, yeah, that's has been nice. That's that's what I was gonna say. Like you could do like a wee social distance, you know. Yeah. <laughs> like at the you know what I mean, drop off of care packages, I suppose. Yeah, it's uh I've opened the door to a beer before and had someone at like the bottom of the drive, you know, like Hello. Literally. <laughs> Hello. How's it going? Another human. <laughs> I would love like obviously I'm in Dundee. Um and I've not like the last time I went to Glasgow like, I was so lucky I had my birthday night out and um, I just like that was a weekend before lockdown was announced so I managed to get out um, but I would love to be able to sit in George Square that and uh, like with a Barbary O and oh, a yeah. do you remember we used to always go to Spoons after um, like because obviously we worked in Costas together I would always make everyone go to Spoons for that um, pizza and drink oh, I miss oh. that I miss that. Com- trying to convince Matthew to go out, I would, I would do that again. I would, I would stand and talk to him for fifteen minutes to be like, please, I would do it. <laughs> please just come out for beer, <laughs> just one, please. then you can go home. Oh, honestly, we will. We'll get like we'll have a re- reunion after this, and we'll sit in George Square in the sun with a beer. That'd be ideal, honestly. <laughs> let let shall we shall we end on that lovely? I think moment? we should. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. Thank you so much, Jim, no for problem. coming on. You've thank been you. It was nice. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> Bye, Bye. Jay. Thank you. Bye.